From Vistio, this is Recorded for Quality Assurance, an interview series where we talk to the world's leading CX experts about industry trends, CX technology, and simplifying the process of delivering great customer service. Hi there, Rod. Thanks for joining me. Do I have your permission to record this call for quality assurance? Certainly, with the greatest of pleasure. Excellent. So, Rod, you have over 40 years of practical experience in direct marketing, call centers, contact centers, and customer experience. To say you are an expert in this space is an understatement. Can you give me give our readers some insight into your background, where you started, how you got to where you are today? Well, thank you for that. Uh, it's been a long journey. It actually started in 1972 when I started my business. And at that time, it was a general consumer customer promotions business in-store promotions etc that evolved into a company that we ran customer clubs and loyalty programs and at that time we employed about 150 people of which were 20 or 30 ladies sitting in what we now know as a call center managing queries on the customer clubs and so that was in the mid to late 80s um, then into the 90s, uh, built and ran a, I think it was the South Africa's first BPO business. We had about a 200-seat call center, and we definitely pioneers in the BPO space. And that moved over into around about 2000, 2005, built a, a, a group of companies. We had a consulting division, training division, uh, call center auditing division a media division and research. It was quite a large operation. And uh, we were pretty much dominant players in the South African context then. South Africa at that time had around about 2,000 call centers employing roughly 250,000 people. It's grown by about 25 to 30% since then. Uh, to 2010, uh, I sold out my interest in that consulting business and I've been independent ever since. For the last 12 years, pre-COVID, uh, spending a lot of time traveling all over Africa, running seminars and training programs and startup on for call centers, and also a lot of time in the Middle East, which is a very exciting area to, to build and operate call centers. And then with COVID since March uh, 2020, pretty much being uh, pegged to my desk seven days a week, and doing virtual consulting and virtual training and virtual mentoring. So, uh, yes, that's uh, nearly 45 years if you count the dots on that one. Been a long and very exciting journey. Can you share a little more about your day-to-day -day role and responsibilities right now with your current cons your own consulting firm, particularly how you advise senior leaders of these BPO organizations or small contact setters? in customer experience and the contact center realm. Um, maybe you can touch on a little bit about how this has changed going from physical contact centers into virtual, and then also how we're moving from some people are going to perhaps be in brick and mortar contact centers now, and some people are going to still be working remotely. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Um, typical day-to-day -day operations of sitting here without having to move, and I think it's, for me it's been a a great uh, opportunity to turn around the business because the the traveling was getting uh, 
pretty hectic um, and, and very tiring. So today, uh, engaging with customers in two areas. One is doing lead generation for some technology companies. And I leverage off the fact that over 40 years, I've built a network both uh, in locally, regionally, and internationally of um, people, consultants, brokers, um, thought leaders throughout the world. So I leverage on that, and it's been very successful in introducing new technologies into uh, both local and some international businesses as well. Along with that, um, over the last 20 years, roughly speaking, built a lot of auditing and assessing tools for call centers and methodologies. And uh, whereas prior to COVID, those were carried out on site in situ, typical consulting assessments, uh, modified a lot of those now to be able to do it remotely and, and, uh, and using tools such as Zooms and Teams. And the uh, results have been very, very favorable. So that's the second component of what I do now. And the third one is also leveraging, I suppose, the 45 years in the industry and it's providing mentoring services to executives, decision makers, and really just sharing experiences and providing guidance in strategic and tactical um, sense. You also asked about the remote and, and uh, work from home uh, environment. Yes, I think we're finding that maybe 50%, if not 75% of the workforce is now remote. And that has impacted a lot on how processes and technologies and uh, the human capital side of call centers have been in a lot of disarray. So um, several of my clients, we work with them to overcome the obstacles and the challenges that uh, remote workforce has uh, presented. So uh, it certainly keeps me busy and I'm having a lot of fun. And it's very rewarding to see um, after 45 years, actually being able to advise appropriately and to see significant changes happening. So throughout your long career in the industry, what are the main pain points you've seen in regards to contact center technology, specific, specifically the technology used to aid in customer service by the agent? Uh, the pain points, um, I think over the particularly in the last 15, 20 years, there was a, a disparate um, situation between data and voice channels. And that caused a lot of confusion. And it, had, it did for 30 years or 40 years. Um, when we finally got convergence of viable convergence of voice and data around about 2010, around about then, um, the pain points were still there because I believe that at a strategic level, organizations were still able to think very clearly about customer outcomes, customer experience, and the desirable outcomes of the process, uh, whereas the technology was lagging behind. And even by 2010, when we had voice and data convergence, the technologies weren't really appropriate yet. We had uh, really multi-channel contact centers, voice, email, maybe some chat and some text, but going into a siloed environment. Back office as well, very siloed legacy systems, uh, really uh, inappropriate in the integration if there was any at all. And that placed the frontline workers in a really serious 
the disadvantaged situation with multiple channels, no single view of customer, um, and really having to fight their way through that. Uh, from a customer point of view, I think huge frustrations, having to deal with typically a bank with the credit card division and then call another number for the customer service division and another number for the checking division and another number for the vehicle finance or the home loans division. Uh, so I think those were the fundamental, the pinnacle of the pain was around about 2010 to 2015. That was at, at its worst. So I'm, I'm going off script for a second, but when you go in and do the contact center um, assessments that you've been doing for so long, what's the starting point? Do you start with looking at process? Do you start looking at technology? Do you start looking at you know, the specific hiring practices, looking for that ideal agent, or is it more of a holistic view? Okay, lovely question, because by the time organizations deign to call in a consultant, because we're, we're not exactly corporate's favorite breed, uh, things have gone badly wrong. It's a toxic environment, generally speaking. So we go into an environment and get high staff turnover, you have poor customer sets, figures, you have high cost, runaway costs, etc. So generally speaking, we only get called in a, in a toxic situation. Um, the starting point is in fact the processes, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, in, in fact, I use it in some of my discussions and my lectures that Henry Ford would have made an absolutely brilliant contact center operator because Everything was about productivity, about processes, about um, also worker satisfaction, um, driving efficiencies, productivity, and customer satisfaction, all that. Now, Henry Ford had that, okay? And we should have learned some lessons from that way back. And so back to co contact centers, yeah, um, starting point is processes. And very often, the first thing we say is show us your process. Well, there's a, a box file here with some stuff that somebody done in PowerPoint, and there's a, another file that somebody designed a different process in MS Word. Then if we're lucky, somebody's done it using a tool like Visio or Visagi. Uh, but there's a mishmash. And very often they are old, ancient, inappropriate, and not been re-engineered for a long time. And that's where we start is, get that piece right because everything with it is the people from recruitment training onboarding uh, empowering that's a process uh, the training is a process the the way in which customers are handled the process the technology itself is a process as so, i yeah in answer to your question it's the processes or processes which is the starting point excellent so You've had a long career, so I will be thrilled to hear your answer to this. Are, what are the, some of the tried and true solutions to the pain points that we just discussed, which we discussed to many, that have been successful time and time again? So you talked about when you go in, looking at the processes, and that process is usually the pain point. So what do you think is the best way? Um, this is a really loaded question, but what's the success? What's the, the key component of finding success to getting those uh, more concrete processes nailed down. 
Mm. Um, the starting point, if I had the magic wand, was to get would be to get buy-in and executive level to literally talk processes all the way down the organization and train. Uh, I firmly believe that everybody from an executive down to a frontline agent should be able to not only understand processes, but the importance of them, how to re-engineer them, how to design them, how to draw them, how to refine them on a day-to-day -day basis by making recommendations and suggestions up into the organization. Um, so if we have support from an executive level and buy-in at an operational level, um, the machine evolves very quickly in, to become more efficient, more effective. Um, it presupposes that we, we sort out the technology part at the same time. And we have to be bold enough to address the challenges of a multi-channel um, multi-channel siloed environment, which is your typical uh, ground zero, and to dismantle that and to deploy true omni-channel technologies um, and to spend, a, never too late, a huge amount of energy and effort and investments on making sure that those back-end integrations actually happen. And I think some of the modern technologies now make it a lot easier than it was 10 years ago, because if we looked at some of the legacy systems in banks, insurance organizations, uh, the nightmare of trying to integrate that into a front-end system was almost impossible. Today, with webhooks and other very easy-to-use devices and APIs, it's a lot easier. So no more excuses for multi-channel disparate systems and no more excuses for no single view of customer because we can't integrate into the back end. Excellent. So what are some examples of how technology, and we've kind of touched on this, what are some examples of how technology has changed or impacted the industry, both positively and negatively? Hmm. Technology impacting negatively, I think, is it's where the organization at a decision-maker level, executive level, assumes that simply purchasing sophisticated, expensive technology is going to resolve the issues. Very often, uh, with a big bang approach, and the big bang generally is an explosion of unhappy customers, dissatisfied staff, processes that don't work. So the challenge of new technologies is in the wrong hand, it's like a, an automatic rifle in the hands of a nine-year-old. It's, it's dangerous. Um, in the right hands, it can do its job. So technology can be a, a, a double-edged sword, it really is. So on the other hand, where it's appropriately de de deployed in the, with the right mindset behind it, um, it resolves a lot of the issues and, and does give the customer that ultimate experience that we are targeting or striving to achieve. What career or practical advice do you have for people looking to grow their skills and impact the technology used in contact center management? Mm. I think that best advice I could give is um, just 
repeating its understand processes and make sure everybody knows how to use them appropriately and the importance of them. The second component would be is to microanalyze your call center, particularly from a cost point of view. Um, I want to see every second and every cent and every penny because we're in a high volume environment, we're in a high volume industry, and those tens and hundreds of thousands of calls, interactions, etc. If we can take a second off here and a penny off there, that's the millions that makes the difference between profit and loss. So processes on the one hand, and a really deep understanding of the financial components. And once again, if we go back to you know, the financial modeling, Financial modeling is a time and motion study of the processes and it's cost management. So that would be the two things that I would say were probably the most important to focus on. So what advice do you have for professionals responsible for managing contact center floors and choosing the best technology to streamline their agents processes in order to assure great customer experiences? Well, at the risk of repeating myself, it's about the processes, get that piece right. But the, the other piece which I often reflect on is um, setting up, running or fixing a call center is a bit like running a taxi service or an Uber service, okay? Um, the question is, are we going to force our drivers to study and memorize volumes of map books and to know their way around the map books? Or are we going to use the app and teach them to use the app or the Google Maps or the Waze, whatever it is? And so the modern modern contact center has at its disposal the true omni-channel solution. You marry that with a process management or process uh, enhancement tools. There you've got the the Uber contact center of today or moving into tomorrow. So it's, it's technology enabled. So that, that great customer experience that we strive for, that is what drives the bottom line. There's, there's enough research to bear that out, that there's a correlation between customer satisfaction, customer experience, minimized effort on the part of the customer and a correlating uh, bottom line profit. So invest in an omni-channel platform, invest in process design and process tools, and use your analytics to find all those minute areas for improvement. Find the pennies, find the seconds, um, and that will deliver on the bottom line. Excellent. I like that. The thought of that every second, every penny can actually, the pennies can be reflections upon savings of millions. Yeah. The end. Very good. Very definitely. Brad, it was a pleasure having you. Thank you again. And I look forward to talking to you soon. This has been recorded for Quality Assurance. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And to learn more about Istio, visit istio.io.